with topics ranging from how cloud computing is streamlining government operations to exploring the intersection of machine learning and healthcare data. Foley and Larder's Innovative Technology Insights podcast examines not just the legal ramifications of developments at the cutting edge of technology, but how they are affecting businesses, governments, and individuals. In each episode, we will lead discussions between researchers, industry leaders, and regulators for their thoughts on this changing world. So without further ado, let's get started. everyone and welcome. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Natasha Allen. I'm a partner in Foley and Lardner Silicon Valley and San Francisco offices. By day, I'm a corporate and M&A attorney, but by night, I have the benefit of being the co-chair of the AI subsector, which is under the innovative tech sector at Foley. In that role, it gives me the opportunity to meet with brilliant individuals, such as our guest today, TJ, and I'll introduce TJ shortly. But just to give a bit of context for the podcast today, I think that We wanted to do a podcast that talked about the good, just highlight some of the good that AI is having and impacting on society, especially given this time, a lot of things have been happening in this area and thought that it would be great to invite HJ, who is the CEO of Talking Points, just to talk a bit about her company and what it's doing with this new technology. So to give a bit of background, HJ is a founder and CEO of Talking Points. She previously worked in education reform for public schools in the Middle East, and she also served as the chief of staff to a special advisor to the Secretary of Education in the UK. As a consultant at McKenzie, she advised the Gates Foundation and Teach First UK. PJ graduated from Oxford London School of Economics and has an MBA from Stanford Business School, where she was a R.J. Miller scholar. She was recognized as TED Fellow, Echoing Green Fellow, Stanford Social Innovation Fellow, Ashuka Changemaker, and Forbes 30 Under 30 for Education. PJ, you have won a lot of accolades and have done a lot of great work in your career. Can you just give us a little information just about what does Talking Points do? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Natasha. So Talking Points is an education technology nonprofit, and our mission is to drive student success by unlocking the potential of families to fuel their children's learning with a special focus on underserved communities. So we do this by building meaningful connections between schools, teachers, and families through accessible technology. And what that looks like is family engagement solution that allows for two-way translated communication between families and schools, as well as capacity building and coaching content around how to work together to really drive student outcomes and student success. That is amazing. And a very, very important, I think, way to help facilitate in the education system. What inspired you to found Talking Points? Yeah, so I'm originally Korean. Well, I guess I'm still Korean. (laughs) I still have a passport. So I was born in Korea. And when I was eight, my family moved to England. So I was an English language learner pretty much for the first time when I moved there. And I saw my mom kind of blossom into a parent spokesperson, parent communicator, translator, and the go-between the school and the parent communities that we were part of. We went to a public elementary school where it was very heavily Korean immigrant students and families. And I saw the impact that my mom's engagement had on me and my sister's education. And then 
you know, on Monday to Friday, we would go to this public elementary school. And then on Saturdays, we would go to Korean school with the Korean curriculum, Korean teachers, Korean content. And of course, we learned in Korean. And I realized like the contrast between Monday to Friday versus Saturdays, even though it was the same friends I had, so same students and same parents, but the interaction between parents and teachers was so different between Monday to Fridays and Saturdays. And I think that really inspired me to start Talking Points. And if I think about what my experience of one really shows in terms of how that shows up in research and academic research, it really shows that family engagement and the extent to which families and schools can build those partnerships for student education is twice as effective at predicting a student's success than that family's socioeconomic status, which is kind of crazy to think about if you really kind of sit and think about, oh, wow, like a student from a poor family who is highly engaged and can really build those relationships with the schools can be more successful than the reverse. And with that research really became the genesis of founding talking points. And it kind of also intuitively makes sense if you think about a family member or a caregiver or a mom or dad or you know a grandparent is often that child's most influential and first teacher. And children spend more than 80% of their time outside school. So it makes sense that family engagement matters a lot. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's not that much blueprint or technology driven solution to be able to enable doing that, especially for underserved communities. And so how did you integrate AI or was AI always a component of talking points? AI wasn't always a component. So we got started back in 2014, 2015, when I think AI was still in the domain of research institutions and not so much, you know, applicable technology. So we started using AI back in 2018 when Google released their AutoML model, so machine learning models where you could train certain models using your own data set. So we started using AI to really make our translation quality higher than those mass market kind of readily available machine translations. And the way that we do that is through making the translations a lot more education context specific. So because we have a narrow domain, we know that when certain words or phrases are used, it's more likely than to mean something specific than others. And we leverage that to be able to really kind of provide highest quality translations and making the communication that happens on talking points a lot more understandable and consumable as well. That's actually brilliant. Because every culture has a different way of communicating, right? And if you don't hone into that, some meaning that perhaps my mom, who came from Jamaica, wouldn't necessarily understand if somebody's parent came from Italy, right? Just may have a different meaning culturally. What are some specific projects or initiatives that you're currently involved in within the AI space? Yeah, so one really exciting development that we've had very recently is we've started partnering with OpenAI in releasing what we call a message mentor. So while educators are expected to communicate with families and know that it's a very important lever to drive change in students, they often don't get the coaching or the training that they might need or want 
in how to communicate effectively with families who might look and feel differently to them or speak a different language or come from a different cultural background. So what our AI kind of enabled algorithm does is to transform their communication and messages into something that's positive, that is asset-based. So thinking about families and students as assets to student learning, we develop it based on a dual capacity building framework, which is a framework for how to do family engagement well. And this kind of mentor really guides the teachers around communicating effectively using AI. And the latest developments in generative AI has obviously really helped a lot with that as well. Absolutely. So always have to ask, but is there a way that if people are interested and in, want to volunteer or help Talking Points, is there any way that they could do that? Yeah, so you know, one of our goals over the next few years is to really what we call get to the tipping point of the K-12 education market. So if you're a parent with a student in the K-12 school system, or if you know teachers or school district leadership, please talk about talking points. I think that's the first ask to those in the audience. Kind of pause and think about how you as an adult can interact more with the school system, learn more about what's going on in order to support the student that might be around you, whether that would be your specific child or your family member and so on. So those are asks. Brilliant. Thank you. I want to ask you a few questions. So before we dive into the benefits of AI and challenges, I want to focus in a little bit on AI and its use in K-12 education today. So I'm sure you've heard that most of the discussion, and I was actually sitting in a roundtable with some individuals who are incorporating not what you're doing, but more so AI to help with educating and hearing kind of comments that they're hearing that the use of AI and learning has been focused on having a negative impact on learning, right? So seeing it as more of cheating as opposed to just a different way to learn. What are some of the lesser known applications where AI technologies can improve the delivery of education and not necessarily be considered a negative thing? Yeah, and I think I'm going to just think about and say out loud some AI technologies where they can improve the delivery of education. I don't know if they are lesser known or more well known and so on, but mm -hmm. here are some applications of AI in education, which I think will really make a difference. One is personalizing and customizing according to the student needs or even the family needs or the teacher needs. I think the latest developments in generative AI really has a huge potential in being being able to meet the customer or the user where they are. And in, in this education sense, it's educators, it's family members of students, and ultimately students. So I think the way that AI can really tailor to someone's needs has incredible potential in being able to serve and give, let's say, real-time feedback about a written assignment, a math test, or even how families are talking about schools and learning to students. So lots of potential there, or even coaching how teachers are teaching and instructing in their classrooms. I also think about grading as a potential area where AI can really help, where mm. it can really mm -hmm. accelerate the grading and cut down teachers' time in doing rote tasks that might really 
benefit from technology and AI specifically so that they can focus on more high needs students or areas where that human touch is especially more important. I also think about the way that AI can accelerate resource development. So if I think about teaching materials or coaching or exercises or quizzes, like I think a lot of that can be generated through AI. So just lots of potential. I'm just spitting out some of the examples that come to mind immediately for me. Absolutely. But do you think there's any way that steps can be taken to change the narrative that it's actually a good thing in the educational sphere? Or do you think we're far off from bridging that gap? You know, I think it's all around like change management, right? So mm-hmm. change management and changes in mindsets can be hard, but we do see it happening. So I don't think the overall kind of rhetoric or general sentiment is necessarily AI as an enemy. It actually spans the entire spectrum of all the way from AI as an enemy to AI as an ally, if Mm -hmm. we talk to educators or school districts. I think the reason that it can be thought of as AI as an enemy is because, one, we kind of lack a common understanding of what do we mean by AI? Like, what are we even talking about when we say what AI is or applications of AI are? So I think we need to get a common understanding of what is possible and what is not possible and what technologies are out there. I think that to the extent that we can structure some of the guidance around where AI can be applied versus not, Mm -hmm. another good step. I think about AI as an enemy and I'm sure when the typewriters or the computers first came to be, teachers thinking, oh gosh, like, Students are typing up their assignments like, wow, like they cannot handwrite anymore. They're typing. Is that cheating? I think about that as an analogy that's really analogous to AI. Or if you're doing a report on a topic and wow, like students, instead of going and searching the Encyclopedia of Britannica, they went online. Like, is that cheating? Not necessarily. So I think it's really around guiding their behaviors. And what's expected versus not, that will be important in shaping that narrative as well. I agree. I think you also touched on it too. Part of it is like education, right? People understanding what these technologies can do and not just thinking that they're for bad. So Yeah, and anything new, you know, anything yeah, exactly. new <laughs> has fear, right? Like yeah. people are driven by fear. It's scary. So anything new and less understood, I think, will be automatically bucketed into this enemy bucket. So how can we change that through awareness and education? Exactly. So how is Talking Points leveraging recent advances in AI? I think you touched on it a little bit with Gen AI and ChatGPT, but are there any other improvements that have helped with getting Talking Points to more people? Yeah. So, you know, I think I want to go back to AI and human-based translation. I think it's always been part of our solution to provide the highest quality, contextually relevant, understandable translation between families and schools. And AI has helped us understand the K-12 context to ensure that translations make sense. And the latest developments in large language models have really allowed us to capitalize on the human translator inputs that we put into those models, as well as user feedback and data from our platform. So give you a tangible example, and maybe this will make you laugh. But during COVID, we noticed a lot of the 
communications from the school districts to the families was sometimes related to distributing Wi-Fi hotspots. So Wi-Fi hotspots were distributed because a lot of the, you know, students in the underserved communities did not have internet access at home. And Mm -hmm. in order to get on Wi-Fi, to get on Zoom or online learning or do their homework, they required Wi-Fi. Now, we have to remember, like, Wi-Fi hotspot might not necessarily even be a phrase or a word that is easily understood if you don't know the concept of a hotspot is. Frankly, mm-hmm. I don't know if my parents would know what a hotspot is. But, uh, right? <laughs> so that's like, even for native speakers, it's a hard thing to understand if you don't know the concept. But in Russian, we noticed that existing machine translation models were translating it to, guess what? A war zone. Oh, gosh. Oh, I guess. Because of, I think, the historical context that that Russian as a language provides. Mm -hmm. And it's more ironic to think about this is before the Ukraine-Russian war. So we quickly kind of modified our models to say, no, hotspots should not say war zone. In the school's context, in our education context, it always means, I mean, 99.8% probably means a Wi-Fi hotspot, a machine that would allow you to get online and get Wi-Fi. So that's an example of educational context that we can use existing AI technology to do. And then we think about that as really important of going beyond what standard machine translation offers because it's such a critical piece to driving impact for us in improving communication and building those trusting relationships, which is of course foundational to really meaningful engagement. Separately, we are also thinking about how can we leverage AI to really build capacity to drive and provide just-in-time, so real-time learning and coaching to both families and educators and school district staff based on what we know of them in giving prescriptive guidance, so more mentoring and coaching based on who the students are and where they are at and based on the best practices that we know to be true through our own research and external research. So really excited about this body of work because, as I mentioned earlier, AI can really help us customize and personalize and meet the needs of individual stakeholders of using technology. So we're really excited about that too. So I guess a question to kind of help the school districts, right? Like how do they navigate any risks associated with AI or even fears of risks associated with AI and fit it within their regulatory frameworks, right? So obviously regulatory frameworks have to evolve, but what is existing now? Is there any advice you can give to maybe administrators or directors of school districts? I think continuing to think about the risks of AI, but also potential use cases where there can be wins using AI for school districts and administrators. So, for example, because it is still somewhat of an uncertain technology, you probably cannot use it for, you know, anything around compliance or legal that has higher cost if things fail or in areas where you need to be more risk averse. But I think embracing AI in a, you know, what can it do for us versus what can it not do? And having, again, those structures in place and expectations, I think will help us 
leverage more of what it can do, but also shy away from what it cannot do as well. I think, you know, of course, we need to do this in a way that really respects data privacy and within the constraints, as well as thinking about what potential biases AI might have. I'm not saying this is an easy thing to do, but can be done. It will take time, I think, most importantly as well. But like going back to your question around how is Talking Points using AI, like we really believe that we're able to use the technology to scale the principles and practices that research shows that makes the most difference because we can do it in a way that's at scale and that saves time for educators to build that capacity. So I do think that there are some wins that we can have in AI and being cognizant of what those limits are would be really helpful. So now I just want to, to turn to how can AI systems help support students and, and you know families who are unfamiliar with the American public system? What are some tools that can assist with facilitating communications between schools and immigrating students or families, right, to provide like personalized information or education or academic expectations? Yeah, thank you for asking that. So, for example, we can use AI to support tools and provide guidance to schools, teachers and district administrators to send proactive, you know, productive, positive best practice communication that is tailored to the family and student needs. So for example, we can use AI to learn from families about their student culture and encourage families to share more information that Mm -hmm. would then help guide the teachers. We can encourage families to initiate engagement with school staff and teachers and advocate for their children's needs. We can use templates or generate templates that families can use because imagine if you're a family who's new to the country, you don't understand the U.S. education system, you, you know, you're working two, three shifts, you're not familiar with English as a language. Like, how do you even begin to craft a message that might inquire about how your student is doing, especially Mm -hmm. from your culture where you're not used to questioning school or how having that conversation with teachers. I think there's a lot of potential in guiding and coaching both the educators and families in kind of lubricating the relationship and building those positive connections in a meaningful way that's guided by technology. An example that we have is tools like what we call Education 101, Mm -hmm. which demystifies educational terms that schools use a lot, like IEP, which stands for Individual Education Plan, or assessment, or like concepts that might be new to them, like field trip that may not exist in other school systems. So we provide that through a one-click definition. So, you know, if our families click on it, they can learn a lot more about what those concepts mean and what their expectations are, and that way they can feel included and supported and just more encouraged to engage with teachers in the schools and feel like teachers and schools are more welcoming to them as a family member. And so how can AI be used to leverage and provide resources to help children and families just navigate the social aspects of school, right, in a new environment? 
I mean, I am sighing a little bit because student mental health and well-being is probably one of the top three challenges that school districts are navigating, especially in a post-COVID environment where a lot of the kids and students stayed home and or, you know, experienced trauma. And that trauma was disproportionately the case in underserved and less privileged communities. So student mental health and well-being, a huge barrier for our school districts to be successful successful in supporting students right now. We believe that family engagement, again, you know, if children are spending 80% of their time outside school, then again, those relationships between schools and families are incredibly important in solving and starting to address student well-being and student mental health needs. Families, we think of them as often a big source of information because families have more, they live with the kids often and they can observe what they are like. So can really provide information to the teachers in what might allow them to adjust their teaching, make the pedagogy more relevant, or just keep an eye on the student who might need more attention because of the kind of what they're going through. And we believe, again, those building relationships can be helpful to student well-being and as a foundational piece can be technology and AI supporting that for the various ways that we just talked about. That is actually, it's so important, right? Especially you touched on mental health, right? Especially given what a lot of these children have gone through, I'm sure we've only seen a portion of what the impact will be. So then considering like the diversity of learning styles and educational backgrounds among students, how can teachers use AI to differentiate their support for these students? Yeah, so we talked about in the moment guidance that AI can help talking points build to support teachers in transforming the everyday communication into best practice engagement. So we can guide teachers in the moment on how to embed best practices on what the research shows and building those positive relationships with parents so that they can get the knowledge and leverage families as a resource in supporting their teaching. So, you know, kind of communicating effectively as one by also looking at an analysis of whether students are at in terms of their attendance or behavior or the frequency of communication of families. Talking points can also guide the teachers on who they should be reaching out to versus not, what kind of content or exercises or support that families might need based on that student and their preferences. So I'll give you an example. Let's say if the teachers were wanting to send a communication about how that student or that class learned double-digit multiplication. If we know that the students are into, let's say, basketball, and the parent comes from a Mexican culture, then we're able to guide the teacher to say, hey, like, you know, instead of sending a message around, we learned double digit multiplication today, we could, we being talking points could recommend an exercise that includes basketball 
and include something that is more culturally relevant about Mexico mm. and include, of course, double-digit multiplication to send to that family. And of course, this is with the support of the teachers, but I think AI can really make that process easy and super light lift so that teachers don't really have to do anything extra other than press send or copy and paste, but it really makes that best practice engagement a lot easier, taking the work out of the writing and thinking time and relying on more generative AI to be able to do that. That's brilliant. And so that kind of touches on the other point I was going to ask you about is, is how do you customize learning for students, right? And that's a great way, as you said, right? Put cultural relevance or things that interest the child and you can apply that to any type of education system. You'll probably get better traction. Um, Exactly. And that goes back to what we discussed around meeting the needs of the stakeholders, like exactly where they're at in terms of whether students, educators or families think with the latest technology and AI, it's a lot easier and faster and scalable to do. And if I turn the clock five years ago, this is something that was always the vision for Talking Points in supporting Mm. family, student, teacher triad, or we call it kind of the tripod in collaborating around the student learning. But to do that effectively and making it more relevant was really hard to do. It was going to be extremely manual. We were maybe envisioning a human instructional coach sitting in the Talking Points office, customizing it for every student or every triad or tripod. And now with AI, I think a lot of what we were trying to do initially can be scaled pretty efficiently. So we're really excited about that potential. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I've learned a ton. I'm very excited about how this can be applied to the education system. And I'm excited really to see what else AI can do in this area, because I do think it's an area that can benefit the most from AI technology, especially because teachers are so under-resourced, right? It would really help them to do their jobs and give them a bit of reprieve. So again, thank you, Hijay. Looking forward to the exciting things that Talking Points will be doing. For everyone out there, thank you for joining us. And until next time. Thank you so much, Natasha. Great to be here. Thank you for listening to this production from Foley & Lardner, LLP. This podcast is provided for general informational purposes only and is intended as a general overview. The podcast does not constitute legal advice nor solicitation to provide legal services. It's not meant to convey a legal position of Foley and Lardner LLP on behalf of any client, nor is it intended to convey specific legal advice. Any opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of the firm, its partners, or its clients. In listening to the podcast does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. The listener should not act upon this information without seeking counsel from a licensed attorney. Foley makes no representations or warranties of any kind, expressed or implied, as to the content of the podcast or to its accuracy or completeness, and accepts no responsibility for an individual who acts or refrains from acting based on information obtained from the podcast. In some jurisdictions, the contents of this podcast may be considered attorney advertising. If applicable, please note that prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome.